You can be seated if you can as we get into the word this morning. Thank you so much, worship team. I don't know about you, but I feel the Lord in this place. How are we doing this morning? All right, like 15 people are doing awesome today. The rest of you are trying to figure out what the heck is going on this morning. So let me try this again. How are we doing today? Doing good? Good deal. And sometimes you have to do like David and speak to yourself and speak that word and get woke up and ready to go in the place. I'm telling you, picked a great day to be at Eastgate Church. So glad that you're here today. We've got a lot going on for sure. My goodness gracious, Fall Fest is just around the corner. Just around the corner this Tuesday, Fall Fest, one of the bigger outreaches we do here at Eastgate Church. Can y'all hear the music bumping over in the kids' church right now. I love that. I absolutely love that. They're just having so much fun. So don't let that distract you. Let it excite you. Uh, we want those kids to have as much fun as possible. Uh, Fall Fest coming up, one of the bigger outreaches that we do for sure. And I can't wait to have all the community show up. It's so funny. You can invite people till they're blue in the face, or you're blue in the face, and uh, they won't come. But you trick them with an event and give away free stuff, and half of Douglas County will show up to the campus. And so we are, uh, we're, we're baiting them in with free stuff. And we do this because we want to serve our community. Um, and, and we do it all for free. It's 100% free. Um, we don't charge anybody anything when they come in. There'll be bounce houses and uh, free food, um, all kinds of candy. Man, these kids are going to be running around, having so much fun. You'll be able to smell the popcorn in the air. Uh, uh, 104.7 is going to be doing uh, a live broadcast. Um, or 104.5. Yeah, we're going to be doing a live broadcast on the radio station with Coco Brother during Fall Fest. And it's just going to be an absolute blast for sure. But could you all help us out with something uh, I know we have a ton of people already signed up to serve for Fall Fest. If you have not signed up yet, please see Pastor Jeremy before you leave or sign up on the sheet outside in the foyer area um, and, and hop on to serve. We have a great response to this, but there's always room for more. And uh, I'm just telling you, we're just so grateful that the church has just rallied around this and, uh, and, and jumped on board and owned this thing. And, and we're all reaching this, the community together. Um, the other thing we need uh, a little bit of assistance with, and this is huge, guys. We set this massive goal as a church to have a ton of candy for these kids for Fall Fest. And we, listen, we are already really close to the total number that we brought in last year. But we want to go above and beyond this year because we're anticipating more people, and we want to load those kids up with candy. That's a love language if you're a kid, yeah. for sure. And honestly... Y'all know about the mom tax and the dad tax too, right? So we want to help out the moms and dads to be able to tax the way that they want to with this candy supply. So um, if y'all would, over the next couple of days, I, I just I don't want to meet a goal. I want to crush a goal. You know what I'm saying? So one person agrees with me. Let me try. I don't want to meet a goal. I want to crush a goal. So, yeah. So that's, that's what we do here at Eastgate. Let's operate with excellence. Let's go above and beyond. So even if you brought candy, and so many of you have, it's just been amazing. We, if you would, please, let's bring a little bit more so we could just not meet this goal, but crush this goal. I think if we get about another 7,000 pieces of candy, 7,000, 8,000 pieces of candy, we'll be good. 
We'll be good. And that's, that sounds like a lot, but it's just a few dozen bags of candy, honestly, and we'd hit that mark. If everyone watching online that can't be here today or everyone in-house would just bring one bag or two even later today before the work week starts or at some point tomorrow um, or even early on Tuesday, bring candy up here. We'll have the church open for the rest of the day today so you can make a quick run to the store and then come back. Uh, somebody will be here pretty much all day tomorrow. Uh, so if you would, could y'all could y'all help us crush this goal together and just bring in as much candy as possible? If you'll do that, let me hear you give a little bit of applause this morning. All right. And I hear, I don't know if they're still running the sale, but I think Publix might be doing buy one, get one. Um, they were earlier this week, so... Maybe run over there and get it going. Always use more candy for sure. Um, are you guys ready to jump into the message today? Yeah. So ready to bring this word. It is hot and heavy on my spirit. The Lord's just been speaking to me and, and honestly teaching me and growing me through this this week too. We're in a series called Battle Ready, focusing on spiritual warfare. And I got news for you, whether you... Um, entertain the notion that there's actually a spiritual battle taking place or not, I can tell you it doesn't affect the fact that it actually is taking place. And churches are really bad about getting into just foo-foo land with some of this stuff. Um, and we tried to make this series incredibly practical and workable so it's something you can plug into your life immediately and just work. I think the Word of God is very practical. I think the Word of God is easy to apply and easy to work. I think we overcomplicate stuff sometimes, and we like to embellish things. And, 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 and I think, man, the power of the Word of God really doesn't need much embellishing at all. It stands on its own, and it does what it's supposed to do. But, but the reality is, you know, we accept the fact that we have guardian angels to protect us and angels um, and, and the heavenly host. They're serving the Lord, but when it comes to a demonic host or presence, um, we tend to shy away from that. And I tell you, you're making a mistake if you do that because just as we have angels assigned to us, there's a demonic presence assigned to you to take you out. Yeah. Now, I'll give you a second just to process that. When you wake up in the morning, there's a presence waiting to destroy you. It studies, it watches, it takes notes, it sees what you're going through, it figures out the plan of attack, and it puts it into operation. The goal is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's the mission of the enemy. And every demon subjugated to him and in his service operates with that same mission in our lives. So it's wise of us to give attention to how they operate and what they do. It's wise of us to make sure that we're prepared, because I can promise you this, if you're not prepared... That's all he wants in your life because he can have a heyday in your life. The Bible says we are not unaware of the enemy's schemes and what he is up to. And we are more than equipped to be more than conquerors in this engagement in Christ Jesus. So if you would, go with me in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to do a little bit of look on how to make some good war today and how to actually correctly apply this thing called the armor of God to our lives. You guys hear me okay in the house this morning? Y'all are good? Are we awake this morning? Y'all have this haze about you. I'm going to make sure we're dialed in and ready for this today. Big welcome, by the way, to everyone watching online. If you would, take a second to hit that like button and to hit that share button so that we can reach 
as many people as possible and also those in-house. Man, feel free to hop on and share the live stream today. Check in if you would. Let people know where you are. It always helps to boost our presence on social media so that we can reach as many people as possible. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10, it reads, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Everyone say, be strong, be strong. in the Lord. See, not in your strength, in his strength. See, the biggest mistake we make out of the gate with regards to spiritual warfare and dealing with the enemy is we try to do stuff on our own. We try to respond in a natural way with what makes sense to us and with our emotions, and we see the physical, and we forget that our battle is not physical, but it's spiritual, and you can't fight a spiritual battle in carnal strength. It just can't happen. A lot of people burn themselves out, and you don't have to burn yourselves out fighting the enemy. Lean on the Lord. Be strong in his power. Be strong in his might. He's the one that the victory comes from, not your effort. He already won the battle. Lean on him. Amen? So it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. There's some great practical keys here. It says, be strong in the Lord. If you're not strong in the Lord, you're in trouble. Then he says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Somebody say schemes for me this morning. Schemes. This is how the enemy fights. Now, I promise you, more than likely, when we dismiss and we walk outside the building today, you're not going to get kneecapped with a baseball bat by a demon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, You're not going to get home and the devil's going to jump out of the closet and throw a bag over you and then take you out to the desert where he can tempt you. It's not how it works. He operates through schemes. He's a schemer. He's a schemer. He's a deceiver. But because he schemes, that means he plans. That means he's in operation all the time. He schemes. He schemes. Um, it's like his little boy went to a carnival, kind of like what we're going to have with Fall Fest. He went out there, and they had this whack-a-mole game, carnival style. So they had this table, lay, or this two-by-four plywood thing with holes cut out in it, set up with a, a big cloth covering it. And he watched uh, hand puppets pop up through the holes, and the kids got these little foam bats, and they got to beat the hand puppets every time they would pop up. It was playing whack-a-mole. Well, this little four-year-old kid saw this happen, and he thought, that don't look right. So he watched it and watched it and watched it. When it finally got to be his turn, he went up there. They went to hand him the little bat. He didn't want it. He went straight to the cloth and pulled it off and exposed everything that was happening. Two grown men underneath it all with hand puppets. Just going, what are we going to do now? And the kid said, aha, I knew there was something going on under there. You know, but listen, this is how it works with spiritual warfare. Many times it's what is unseen that is influencing what we see. And it's up to us to pay attention and to realize that he operates with schemes, with schemes. We'll see it in the natural, but it's taking place in the spiritual. And this is what he wants. He wants us to focus on the natural and forget about what's happening in the spiritual because until you address it on a spiritual level, it's going to continue to happen on a natural level. You know, So he'll take an offense or a disagreement with somebody 
in the church. And people get offended, and there's misunderstandings all the time. But what he wants to do is to capitalize on that misunderstanding and scheme a little bit so that a misunderstanding can turn into an offense. So that it can turn into a hurt. So that that hurt can grow into bitterness. Because he knows if he can get us there and scheme a way to make that happen, then he's made us ineffective and unproductive in the kingdom of God. Amen. We're wounded. We're not effective. And eventually what will happen is it will grow beyond the disagreement, and it will grow into, well, I just can't go to that church anymore. I can't be where that person is going to be. And he carves people out of the body all the time using schemes, using schemes, spiritually manipulating the natural to get us to the place where we're ineffective and unproductive. Why does he want us there? Because he understands who we had the potential to be in Christ. Isn't it sad that sometimes the devil has a better understanding of who we can be in Christ Jesus than we do? And that's why he hits us so hard and operates with these schemes. We've got to be aware of the schemes and that he operates behind the scenes trying to manipulate it. That's why we've got to be strong in the Lord so we recognize his schemes. For our struggle, in verse 12, it says, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So in other words, we're in a spiritual struggle. We're in a spiritual battle. Therefore, we have to be strong in the Lord. Recognize what the enemy's doing because you can't solve a spiritual conflict through the natural. You have to handle it spiritually and with spiritual weapons. Can I get an amen this morning? So... Continuing in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 13, it says, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. When the day of evil comes. I got news for you. It's coming. It's coming. How many of y'all would say, Pastor Josh, I have experienced a day of evil or two or a season in my life. You know, if you haven't, keep breathing Keep living. It's coming, baby. I promise you. He said, you need to be strong in the Lord. Recognize what the devil is up to, okay? And to be ready for the day of evil when it comes. Now, there's a difference between the day of evil or a spiritual attack than just life happening. Very different. I think sometimes we blame the devil for stuff that he had nothing to do, you know, to do with. It's just crazy. It's, that's, the devil's just attacking my finances. He's attacking my finances. No, he's not attacking your finances. You just don't know how to budget and you spend too much money. Okay? Sometimes we cause our own problems. Can we just be real? I know that's not spiritual. We're in church. We're supposed to be a little more spiritual. But it's true. We cause our own problems sometimes, right? The devil's not attacking you. You just make bad decisions. Sometimes in the past, he hadn't attacked me. I just made bad decisions, and I had to write it out. I chose to respond certain ways that solicited a response from other people. You know, I have found myself uh, disengaged from employment from fine institutions because I did not respond with the best attitude sometimes. You know what I mean? Uh, I created that. The devil didn't do it. I chose to do it. And then there's life itself that just happens for sure. You know, um, the devil hasn't had to do a whole lot of extra work. Life has enough that it can throw at us. Jesus even said in this world we would have what? 
trouble. It's going to happen. So our bad decisions and then the trouble in the world, man, that can be enough to deal with. But the day of evil, that spiritual attack is very different. It utilizes the repercussions of a bad decision. It can utilize what happens in life. But that day of evil is different, man. It feels different. It, there's a different sense about it. It's like dumpster fires in every area of your life. People respond irrationally. You have trouble in relationships and conflicts that pop up with, for seemingly no reason at all. You know, if, if you're ever in a season that's very difficult and it just seems like it's all breaking loose everywhere, pay attention to what's happening up here with your thoughts, too. Because in the season of a day of evil, when you're being attacked, you're going to get hammered in your thought life. The enemy is going to try to influence the words you speak and the attitude of your heart. He's going to try to manipulate what's happening to create a false perception. When all of that is happening at one time, hey, Guess what? The day of evil is here. It's here. And you better be sure that you're ready to stand against it when it comes. Because it's coming whether you're ready or not. I think we need to realize in a real sense that life is not a spiritual playground but a battlefield. Life is not a spiritual playground, but a battlefield. And we like to focus a lot of time on the promises of God and the blessings of God. And I'm able to get out of worship, and the Lord spoke this to me today. And that's true. And while all of that is happening, there is an enemy plotting and planning to take us out. And if we operate at a level of naivety to this, we're going to be victim to his schemes because we won't be ready when the time comes. We've got to be ready for the attacks of the enemy. Look at the person next to you and say, you better be ready. You better be ready. Now, I brought a picture of this, of, of a pine tree, and you probably recognize, now, this is a pine tree. You'll see them all over the south. All right? Pine trees have the pine cones and the sticky pine sap and all of that stuff, you know? Pine, pine trees are great. You can do a lot of stuff with a pine tree, by the way. Pine needle tea, you can use that tree sap to uh, start a fire, you make turpentine out of it. Um, it's great antiseptic stuff. And uh, see, this is for free. I'm just throwing this out for free to you guys. You can do a lot of good stuff with, with a pine tree. Pine trees don't stand up well to storms. They don't. Every time we have a major storm come through the south, or especially through Georgia, what tree do you see down the most? Pine trees with those big old root balls just sticking up out of the ground. <laughs> and the pine trees on the ground. Why? Shallow roots. Pine trees have shallow roots. And give enough rain and give enough wind, those pine trees are going to topple before every other tree. Why? Because the roots were not deep enough to weather the storm that came against it. Are you hearing me this morning? We've got to make sure that we have deep roots so that we can stand when the day of evil comes and we focus a lot of times on the thunder and the lightning because it's loud and it looks but the wind and the rain take us out more often than not it's about how deep and established we are spiritually this has to happen before the storm takes place what we like to do is run to jesus when all hell breaks loose in our lives the better plan is to be close to Jesus so that when it hits, 
we're rooted and we can stand. You know what I'm saying? So that's a better plan. In fact, in Ephesians 6 and verse 13, we'll go back to there again. It says, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Somebody say stand firm. That was weak. Let's say it again. Stand firm. You got to be able to stand firm. Have you ever been through a season of life where you just reached the end of yourself and you didn't have anything else in you left to help you to stand and you had to dig down deep and learn how to stand firm? There's a couple of people that if you haven't walked through that, get ready. There's a season coming where you're going to need to be ready to stand firm. See, the problem is... For most of us, we tap out before we learn how to stand firm because we stay in the realm of doing everything that we can to stand in our strength, in our knowledge, in our ability, instead of leaning on the Lord and being prepared with deep roots. So you can't stand firm with shallow spiritual roots. You can't have it both ways. You've got to be firmly planted in the Lord. And I'm not, am I coming at you too hard this morning? I'm trying to help you. Listen, you've yeah. got to be ready before the storm hits because you're going to reach a point where you've got nothing left, where you prayed all you know how to pray, where you've reached the end of the faith that you thought you had, when you've exhausted every option at your disposal, and all you have left to do is to stand firmly planted in faith, refusing to move, trusting God to move on your behalf. And I'm telling you right now, that is the best place to be because it's a spiritual battle that can only be won in a spiritual realm, and we need an eternal God to do war on our behalf. Amen. You've got to be planted strong. You've got to be planted strong. We tap out. I just don't know what else to do. I'm just going to give up. No, you don't give up. You stand firm. You stand firm. You stand firm when you don't know where the money is going to come from. No, I will trust the word of God and do what he said regardless. You stand firm when you get the bad report from the doctor. I know what they say, but I also know what the word of God says, and it might not make sense, but I'm going to stand firm when my kids are rebelling and, and just determined it seems to go to hell in a handbasket. I'm going to stand firm firm on the word when my marriage isn't where I need it to be and we've got all kinds of friction and all kinds of problems. It doesn't make sense. I'm doing what I'm supposed to, but I'm going to stand firm on the word of God where it's just like trouble after trouble and problem after problem piles up. Stand firm on the word. You have to stand firm on the word. That can only happen if you have deep roots in the word. So he says, stand firm. And then he breaks down what, if you've been in church for a little bit of time, you've probably heard of, the armor of God in Ephesians 6, starting at verse 14. It says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying 
for all the Lord's people. And in church world, we get a picture of the armor of God that looks a little bit like this photo that I'm fixing to show you. You got, you got just the warrior. I mean, whether it's the woman warrior or the man warrior, we're soldiering up, and we've got it all together, man. We've got that sword ready, the shield ready. We're armored up, ready to do battle, and it creates a beautiful symbolic picture. And it looks great. It looks great. Man, I wish I could look that tough with some armor on. Wouldn't that be awesome? Just go and, yeah, let's go, let's go. And, and with some respect, this is true. I think we approach this thing in the wrong way sometimes, though, and we treat the armor of God as something abstract and symbolic, and it's not. See, all of these things listed and mentioned in the armor of God that we're to put on, not just symbolically, but literally, to cover ourselves with, um, are all attributes and fruit of a growing relationship with God. Truth, righteousness, sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, coming to salvation, all of that stuff. It, it's an outgrowth. It's an outgrowth. It's a fruit that's there. So it's more than something that you just pray over yourself. It's something that happens out of an outflow. It happens as an outgrowth of someone who is strong in the Lord and in his mighty power out of a relationship with Jesus. Question for you, how's your relationship with Jesus? Because if it's weak, your armor's weak. If it's strong, your armor's strong. It's an outgrowth. It's an outgrowth. You feel like you're getting beat up in life and you're not the overcomer that Scripture says, and you can be an overcomer regardless of what's coming against you, check your armor. Check your relationship with God. Ephesians 6.13, it kind of gives us a glimpse into the mistake a lot of us make, and I've made this mistake before too. It says, therefore, put on the... Oh, snap. Full armor of God. So that when the day of evil comes, you can stand your ground. In other words, you're not going to be able to stand your ground or even stand firm without the full armor of God in effect in your life. The full armor. The full armor of God. See, you must wear the full armor of God, not just the convenient pieces. Not just the convenient pieces. All right, can we just meddle a little bit? Yeah. Not just the convenient pieces. Um, boy, church people love, and I love, that helmet of salvation. Woo! I'm saved, baby. I'm not going to hell, I'm going to heaven. I got the helmet of salvation. And that's just one piece. Yeah. See, that... That, that salvation experience for many people, and maybe many people watching online or listening later, is the pinnacle of our spiritual experience. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I get to go to church every Sunday and mean it. And there's a whole lot more to this ball game than just that. I'm saved. I'm under grace. And we forget that there's a whole lot more to grace than just the covering of sin. 
Bible actually says that grace teaches us to say no to sin and ungodliness. If you're really covered by grace, then you're growing in grace. We like to justify things. Question for you, are you operating in the full armor of God? Because there's a difference. There's a big difference. Not to create a crass mental image, but a lot of us have a helmet on, and we're screaming loud on the battlefield, and we're butt naked other than that. I'm saved. Okay, awesome. What else? The Lord laid two things on my heart to talk about today with regard to the armor of God. Can I just talk to you about what the Lord put on my heart for us today? Father, speak to us in these moments. God, let us hear this with an open heart as if it were the very first time. Lord, I know you care deeply for every person in this room and the plans and purposes you have for each of us are not common, they're mighty. God, I pray that everyone would hear your word today and that every distraction would fall away. And let us choose today to please you in everything. Amen. That breastplate that we have in the armor of God is called the breastplate of righteousness. See, that, that breastplate sits center, covers all the major organs. If it were battle armor, covers the heart. In fact, I'd say it does very little good to go into battle even with a sword and even a shield without that breastplate on because as soon as you get up close to an enemy and begin to fight you've got no protection now you're injured now you're out righteousness protects us Righteousness is that centerpiece of this armor. Question, could your lifestyle, even though you're saved, could it be called righteous? See, if I, I've got a canoe at, at the house. I love taking my canoe out, and I love just paddling around. I love fishing off that thing. and I keep it next to the barn on the property, and it's always turned over bottom up so when it rains you don't have 200 gallons of water sitting in your canoe you got to deal with if I let that thing sit for six months and then I go to flip it over to get ready to use it if you were there with me how many of you would just stick your hand underneath that thing well there's no way there's no way you just stick your hand right under there why because yeah there, there's all kinds of stuff growing up under there right Man, you know there's going to be spiders. You know there's going to be all kinds of creepy crawlies up under there, right? You know there's probably going to be what? There might be a snake or two up under there. 
could be a wasp nest up under, all kinds of stuff that could hurt would be up under there. Why? Because that flipped over canoe creates an environment that attracts that kind of stuff. An unrighteous life creates an environment that attracts the stuff that will take you out spiritually. See, it's just, well, I've come to church and I worship God, but I can't stop cussing, okay? Let's, let's look at what kind of movies you watch. Well, if you're watching a movie that's got 120 F-bombs in it, what goes in is going to come out. See, that righteousness, that decision influences and impacts. It creates the environment. Now, I want to switch gears for just a second here and back up because here's where if you've, if you've had a bad experience in a controlling church, your red flags are, are coming up right now. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about behavior modification. All right? I'm not talking about you can't wear a skirt that's above the ankles. You can't wear makeup. God forbid you have a tattoo. You know, if you listen, in, yeah, if you, yeah, it just, it's rules and regulations. That's not what I'm talking about. That's what Jesus came to fulfill and destroy so that we could have a real relationship with him. But as an outgrowth of a real relationship with Jesus, you know what's going to happen? You're going to change from the inside out, and a lifestyle of righteousness is going to take place. It all comes back to a relationship with Jesus. So sooner or later, the Holy Spirit is going to put his finger on it and say... Why listen to secular music all the time? Why not, why not mix in some worship? Now, again, I'm going to back up here for a second, all right? And, and, and say, listen, all that, all that secular music, if you listen to it, the devil will get inside you, ain't going to go to heaven. you go straight to hell. You know there's a little bit of truth to that. Um, and I like listening to, to some secular stuff. I don't even know where that word secular came from. Non-Christian music, I guess I would say. But every song preaches a message. So what I'd say is look at the lyrics of the songs that you're putting in your heart because that message is getting in your heart the same way the word that I'm speaking right now is hopefully getting in your heart too. You know what I'm saying? Creates the environment. Well, I struggle with lust. I have a hard time trying to stay faithful to my spouse. Then stop watching movies full of sex scenes. Be careful what you put inside of you. You're never going to get victory over a stronghold of lust watching porn every week. You understand what I'm saying? Righteousness protects you. Righteousness. Conversations that we have. Even, even down to alcohol. Well, the Bible doesn't say you can't drink. Well, no, it, 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 it's, it's permissible up to the point of inebriation. You get drunk. Um, but man, I mean, honestly, it, is it, isn't it better just to not go there in the first place? You know what I mean? I just, and, I, and, I, and again, I'm not that guy, all right? I'm just sharing what the Lord has put on my heart to share today, all right? Um, I'm not saying you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't smoke, you can't... Man, we've all got stuff we're growing out of 
as we're growing into who God's called us to be. All right, Grace gives space for that growth to take place. But eventually, we should all look and sound like Jesus. You know what I mean? So, I just can't tell you how many counseling sessions I've had where a casual drink went too far and somebody made a drunk call or a drunk text inappropriate to somebody or in a quasi-drunk stage because we, we, we know where that line is. I can be buzzed, but buzz is not the same as being drunk. It creates a fight in the house. It's righteousness. It's righteousness. And, and I'm not nitpicking. I'm giving you something to think about because if the goal is to be like Jesus, then eventually we have to let go of the things of this world to embrace the Spirit. Amen? And so... Yeah, righteousness, oh, it's, a, it's, a whole, it's a whole world to consider in your spiritual growth. Why do you smoke? Is it a, is it a, most people start because of stress. It's a stress relief. And then the addiction comes. Listen, if you can't stop doing something, even if it's eating apple pie, circle that because it's something that's controlling you. You know what I mean? Um, if, you're, if it's controlling you, then you're not operating in freedom. And this is funny. All the smokers in here are going to be like, dang it, I can't smoke in the parking lot today. Pastor Josh took it away. <laughs> so, and, listen, and, and, and get me, I'm not harping on that angle, okay? I'm not harping on that angle. But if the end goal is to be like Jesus, shouldn't we be like Jesus? So we don't, we don't realize sometimes that we're fostering that environment, inviting attack and leaving ourselves vulnerable. And I'm not talking about being perfect. All right, look, I can tell you from experience. Ask my wife. Ask my kids. This dude right here is not perfect. The associate pastor just went, amen. I'm telling you, I'm not perfect, man. Listen, but my heart is to grow. Okay? And listen, the gospel is all about come as you are. Come as you are, but it is not stay as you are. Okay? There's got to be growth. There's got to be growth. Could your life, and I'd say not, not be considered just, just that old school, just holiness kind of thing. Where you Could it be righteous? Could it be considered righteous? Or are there things in your life that if you looked at the Word of God, the standard by which we all will be judged, you say, you know what, that doesn't line up there. We get to choose the pieces of armor that we put on, just like any soldier in battle. You're responsible for your own gear. You're responsible for the pieces you have on or don't have on. Okay, It's not the person sitting next to you's fault. It's not your mom's fault or your dad's fault. It's not my fault or some pastor in the past. You get to choose how you respond, how you forgive, and what you do or do not equip yourself with or your walk with God to withstand the day of evil and storms of life and the attacks of the enemy. This is what I can promise you. I told you this is going to be practical. All right? Uh, it... If you are not equipping yourself with righteousness and growing spiritually, 
you are going to get taken out. At best, you're going to live a compromised, unfulfilled, unproductive walk in life. At best. Or you can equip yourself completely and operate with power. See, that sword of the Spirit is also something I think a lot of people are missing. The Word of God. Righteousness flows out of the Word of God being planted in our heart. Your Word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know, it, you've got to have the Word. You've got to have the Word. Most people in churches are biblically illiterate. They have a handful of favorite verses that they like to quote because they like to pick and choose what they focus on, and that's not going to do you any good when the enemy attacks you. You've got to be firmly rooted in the Word of God. See, when the enemy came against Jesus, he didn't try to sucker punch him. He schemed and tried to manipulate and tempt Jesus. Jesus used the sword against him. Every temptation the enemy threw against him, he said, It is written. It is written. It is written. When the enemy attacks you, do you respond in an emotional state? Do you respond out of your feelings? Do you respond out of pressure and what's going on and react to other people? Or do you say, it is written, it is written, it is written. It's not about how I feel. It's about what I know the Word of God says. And I'm going to stand firm on the Word of God regardless. See, that's the key. How's the Word? It's just, just, just us talking, see. My job as a pastor is not to get up here and just bring hellfire and brimstone and let you walk out of these doors feeling guilty, beat up, and depressed. All right? I open up my chest and let you see my heart. My heart is for you. My heart is to see you grow. My heart is to see you overcome. My heart is to see you be everything that God envisioned that you would be when he created you. My heart is to see you thrive and to step into your calling and to operate with the power that Jesus died to give you. I don't want to see you manipulated by the enemy. And I don't want to see you taken out by something that we could do to prevent it. We choose what pieces of armor we operate in. And there's a whole lot more than Jesus loves me and I'm going to heaven. What kind of environment do you facilitate? Is it a righteous environment? What kind of weapon are you operating with? Is it the sword of the Spirit? Is it really the Word of God? Or are you trying to fight a spiritual battle with natural tools? And it doesn't work that way. You'll get defeated. Listen, I don't care how much you worship God. This is how I fight my battles. He's my defender. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and if you're not equipped, you'll sing it to your spiritual grave. Because he's playing you like a fiddle. Operating with schemes. Deceiving you into thinking that you're okay when you're not. We must wear the full armor of God.
not just the convenient pieces. Then he ends with this powerful verse in Ephesians 6, verse 18. It says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions and with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. He ends it with prayer. It's amazing. It's not just the armor of God. It's the level of prayer that we operate in too. You talk about problems more than you pray about solutions. You know what I'm saying? Schemes of the enemy. Schemes of the enemy. Uh, we're, not, we're not slinging holy water and we're not throwing anointing oil. I'm just talking to you as practical as I possibly can. We choose the level of spiritual power we operate in. Jesus already set the table. We choose whether or not we sit down and eat or stand in the corner. I don't know about you, man. <laughs> Life on this side of eternity is too short. I don't know about you, but when I stand in front of the Lord, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't just want, I made it into heaven by the skin of my teeth. Thank God for his grace and mercy. I want to take millions of people into heaven with me. I want to see hundreds of thousands of people healed. I want to see the dead rise from the grave. I want to see life transformation take place. I want to see the fullness of the gospel and calling of Jesus on my life fulfilled. That's what Jesus died for. Not so we could get together, <laughs> sing and shout, See, this is what pastors know. Pastors know you don't do what I'm doing right now because you take all the hype and the fun and the emotional ride out of it and you just get practical and real and have a real conversation with people. Odds are that half of them aren't going to show up the next Sunday because they'll go find another place that'll feel better and they can just continue to operate in their self-deception without being prompted by the truth. I love you too much to do that to you. And you can believe that or not, but I'm telling you, I love you too much to do that to you. And I, want, I know one day I'm going to stand before Jesus and be accountable for what I'm doing here. And I want to make sure I'm doing it the right way. Righteousness, righteousness, righteousness. Bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. Father, thank you for the truth of your word and what you're speaking to us. Father, I thank you so much for the tone in which your Holy Spirit is delivering this word today. I don't care where you are in this building. I don't care if you're in the media booth. I don't care if you're coming to the stage right now as part of the worship team. I don't want, in fact, I would say this, I just want everyone to stop except Kelly. And I want everyone to respond to this in honesty and integrity in the presence of God and in the presence of his Holy Spirit. Is your life righteous? Or can you look at something? Can you look at that secret sin? Can you look at that area that you've tolerated? That thing that, that the Holy Spirit has put his finger on 
and already said enough with that it's time to grow past it do you firmly have that breastplate of righteousness in place do you firmly have the sword of the spirit in your hand and approach life with the word of God instead of an emotional state from a spiritual perspective it's, the Lord is trying to equip us today If you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Josh, I need to check my armor and I need to get some stuff on that I've been letting slide. When I count to three, if that's you, I want you to lift your eyes up and look at me. I believe God is going to do something powerful in this place and in your life if you will respond with honesty and integrity before the Lord. When I count to three, if that's you, lift your eyes and look at me. One two, three. Lift them up and look at me. Once you lift them up, you can put them back down. Eyes are going up all over this place. Eyes are going up all over this place. I'm going to ask the worship team to lead us in a song. So if y'all would, all let's all stand this morning together. It's such a strong response. I'm just... I'm just going to pray over all of us. Now, the beautiful thing is, if we talk about being battle-ready and having that full armor on, you know right now what's lacking. So let's do this. While the band's leading us in the song, we've got this moment of worship. All right? Let's just, let's just equip ourselves. Let's repent before the Lord, and let's equip ourselves. Let's get it right and equip ourselves. Amen? I'm going to ask one more time. Y'all went to sleep in that long little altar call thing. Okay, amen? All right, we're just going to be real here. Um, they're going to lead us in a song. Rachel's going to come up in close service after that. I believe the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. I believe the Holy Spirit's going to do what he's going to do. Let me pray over you briefly, and then let's just get into the presence of God. Father, thank you for the truth of your word and for what you're doing here today. For some of us, we're in the middle of a battle, and we found ourselves ill-equipped and unprepared. Lord, let us take advantage of this moment to equip ourselves even in the middle of the battle so that we can move on to victory without giving the enemy access. Lord, for some of us, we're about to walk into a season of attack. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that we suit up today so that we're ready with the full armor of God. Not just a cute verse, but something practical and flowing out of our relationship with you. Father, if we need to repent of sin and get things right in our heart between us and you, Lord, we choose to do that right now. Father, we repent of our sin. That means we turn away from it. We don't want it. If you put your finger on an area in our lives that we need to grow past, we, Lord, let that, let that growth begin now. Let us see that thing for what it is as spiritual death it has become the lid of our relationship with you and until we remove it by our choice how can we expect to grow so lord we equip ourselves in your presence to be battle ready to do more than just exist but to thrive spiritually and overcome and do what you've called us to do god i thank you for speaking to us today